Thank you for streaming this little homebrew podcast. Brewed Up chronicles the fermentation highs and lows of Tyler Sadler of the Valley and Lori Ann Gutierrez of South Central LA. We also discuss breweries, cats, tacos, other adult bevs, and and whatever whatever else comes to mind. This show is available to listen and follow on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor.fm, and wherever else you like to listen. Now, here's the show. You can start. Okay. Meepy, hold on. Oh, yeah, yeah. Nope. Get down, girl. All right. Hmm, I was going to try to incorporate some sort of cat butthole saying. I can't. It's not, it, it's not coming to me yet. Starting. But anyway, yes. Welcome to Breed Up. We are excited, and you need to get ready to separate all the green gummy bears for your next cream ale, honeys, because we have a fun ep for you. Oh, yes. Whether it's candy syrup in your double, rice in your lager, or an excessive amount of coriander, adjuncts are innocent little beer ingredients begging to be used. Sometimes viewed as second-class ingredients, adjuncts mm-hmm. do violate the 1516 Reinheitsgebot. Did I say that? The beer purity yeah. law. <laughs> but they are fun to use. Have you ever noticed people kind of turning up their nose when they hear of adjuncts in beers? Adjuncts. I like how you say it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, especially, I feel like the, the thing that people can, that are not even like really into beer like that can, uh, associate with is like, you know, like macro lagers using like corn, rice, corn syrup, stuff like that. And mm-hmm. it's like, uh, it's cheaper alternative to malted, barley or whatever but like i know like macro lagers are like the first thing that come to mind where it's like these are adjuncted you know but obviously in today's day and age with craft beer adjuncts have gone pretty crazy we'll get into that later i'm assuming but i feel like when there's something really crazy in a beer like especially my husband he'll be like i just want a beer But yeah, but it's like funny enough, like just a beer, quote unquote. I mean, I know Ed has finer taste than you he know, really crushing some Bud Light. No, okay. I think he heard. I think he heard someone <laughs> say that once. So <laughs> I get where he's coming from sometimes, though, mm-hmm. you know. But mm-hmm. adjuncts are everywhere, so we'll get into it. So what's an adjunct, my baby? Uh hello. Are we gonna, aren't we going to do a Thank you, Tom, for your beautiful voice. (laughs) Thank you, Tom. Lori, what's your homebrew update? Um, let's see. I just made I just packaged a cider with peach and a whole ounce of coriander. And I think it's pretty good. I'm going to serve it at the Long Beach um, Homebrewer Invitational. So that's cool. And I also made a little Berliner Weiss. And it's just sitting there doing its thing thing. Berliner Weissing? Yeah, the last time I made one, it was really good. I left it for like three months. Although I could have sworn it was like a year. Like it just felt so long. But I think Mm -hmm. it was only like three months. Um, But this time I put like a little cloak around it so I would forget about it. And I'm really hoping to wait like six months. Okay. So that's that. Mm -hmm. 
It sounds like a good plan. Yeah. How about, uh, you? How about me? Mm-hmm. Um, Humphrey update. Uh, just brewed also for a festival that now I learned you're not going to. So I'm like sad about that. But um, me and Kyle brewed a split batch, uh, basically just like all Pilsner and then heavy, kind of like heavily hopped with. Um, Oh my god, we used uh Saphir hops and mm. crap, was it Hollertal middle fruit? Oh Sounds my god, it's expensive. I can't it. <laughs> it I mean, yeah, Hollertal middle fruit. It's it what I, I don't know. It's it's going to be cool. So basically we Wait, split that. Wait, did you say Saphir? It's not sapphire? Yeah. Stop. Saphir. I don't know. It's S A P H I R. It's a German hop variety i've always mm. heard it pronounced as saphir mm-hmm. but i've heard it in like podcasts uh german brewers talking about it's a good hop so i was like i kind of want to use it and we'll post about it actually follow our new instagram form and funk beer that's me and golita farmhouse's collab project so we'll mm. post about it there but fun splitty we're gonna Use different bootleg yeasts, one lager, one Belgian. We also just did a spawn beer at my dad's place. We're, we're making like a yearly thing. Every March, my dad's like, can you come watch the farm? And then while we're there, we do like spontaneous a beer. Yeah, brew, you did that so. last year. You made your little mm-hmm. beer. You put your little thing on it. And you just let nature take its curse. Let Temecula yeast try and uh, do its thing. So it's cool. It's a cool little project. Not to take away from this amazing episode that we haven't even really started recording yet. Um, <laughs> real quick, you just you made the beer. The wort is like steaming. It's in the kettle. It's got uh-huh. like a little cheesecloth on it just in case. Little and thing, then yeah. the next morning you just took it home with you or then like you just it's with you or you left it like you just left it out there overnight. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the easiest brew day. So once it's done boiling, you cut the mm-hmm. heat, cover it with that, like you said, like a cheesecloth or put like a brew in a bag, you know, mm-hmm. make sure it stayed on there and then let it cool overnight. And also while it's cooling, it's you know, sucking up the microflora. It's kind of just like exactly what they talk about when they do it in like Belgium, um, when they have like the those huge uh, cool ships. Yeah. Mm. Um, similar to that, just homebrew scale. And yeah. So it's, you know, it's kind of like it could work. It could not work. So have you we'll seen see. any activity on it yet? On the, the first people, one for sure, but yeah. you, it that took like months to show anything. It's it takes a while. Yeah. <laughs> what temperature yeah. do you keep it at? Just like room temp. There's no Is no it... temp control. Okay. All right. Yeah. So more updates on that. Wow. Online, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But and then, yeah. I got second place in sheep brew for my short yes. beer. So that was cool. <laughs> Congratulations. Thanks. That's pretty much it, though. I know we haven't talked in a while. Thank you guys also for being patient. I know we haven't released an episode in quite some time. Life got in the way. You know, Life is in the way. We got um, Tyler has a new job. I kind of have a little bit of a new job. Mm-hmm. And... Um, yeah, what I need a good w- word for like <laughs> I have a teenager and it's just like sucking my capacity, my will to live. What's the word for that? Oh no, not your will to live. <laughs> <laughs> she has a teenage girl, only child. She's mm. she you know, she's dealing with stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So well tell me anyway. real quick, like your your year of logger, what's next on the docket? Okay, so yeah, I started with the Schwartz beer. Um, then I brewed a Hellas, which that's in a keg. It's lagering. Hopefully that comes out pretty good. I'm going to leave it, let it sit till it feels like it wants to taste beautiful. If not, mm. um, 
kind of like cheated with the split batch with Kyle, but I think the next one on my own is going to be that uh, Amber Bach that I made last year. Like it was so good. So good. And I have like the yeast kind of harvested and ready. That's the cool thing about doing this. It's like I'm, I can like harvest lager yeast and then just use it for the next one. Um, so hmm. I think that's going to be the next one because that was amazing and like it was just a really good beer. So I think I'm going to do that one next. I love that. Congrats. Thanks. Yeah. So um, if you want to taste some of Tyler's beer, oh, wait, you can't because that next fest is private. Tyler will be yeah. pouring at a private function. And I will be pouring at a public function. Is it next weekend? In two weekends on the 18th in Long Beach. Get your tickets mm-hmm. to the Long Beach Homebrew Fest. Bah, 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 bah. Bing, 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 bong. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so, yes. Well, right, let's get into, let's get it. into it. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, we're talking about adjuncts. We're talking about anything that isn't your typical or, you know, malted, any beer ingredient that kind of goes outside of the. I wouldn't say purity law because the purity law doesn't include yeast, but any, anything that's like not malted, is that a good way to express it? Yeah, I think so. Like, I mean, yeah, I guess we could, to make it easy, like anything that's not malted barley, like, mm-hmm. cause I mean, um, yeah, anything that's and not like, like s- traditional malted barley. Yeah. Some um, adjuncts are part of the grist are in the mash and some adjuncts, are not. Yeah. So it took me a while to kind of wrap my head around that. I know it is a, it's a very like, we could go pretty far with mm-hmm. this. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> Cause I mean, it, like, you know, like you said, it kind of, it kind of started somewhere. And now in today's day and age, it's like, you know, people are putting anything they want to fucking put mm-hmm. in beer. But, um, I don't know. We thought it'd be a fun episode to kind of like talk about our personal experiences with adding stuff into beer and then also um, like methods and stuff like that. So how do you, how should we get started here? I don't know. I feel like, okay, so we've got like unmalted grains. That makes sense. Do you want to talk about those for a sec? Um. <laughs> Thanks, Lori. Um, sure. I mean, oh, that's a tough one because I mean, okay. To my understanding, anything unmalted is basically like anything that's malted has been gone through that that malting process. It's mm-hmm. like um, germinated and kilned and stopped and let let the thing grow and let it stop, mm-hmm. etc. Um, anything unmalted has not gone through that process. So like, uh, like, man, kind of putting me on the spot right here. (laughs) Yeah, actually, I'm going to take you off the spot because maybe that's not a great way to think about it because I just saw in my little Zimmergy magazine that there's like, you know, they're malting rice now and they're malting oats. Yeah, corn. There's malted so, corn. Okay, so we can't really use that as a definition. But anyway, if it's not barley, what's happening? I think that's probably the safest route to go. Like, I think the easiest starting point would be like anything like uh, like flaked. I mean, I know flaked mm. barley exists, uh, of course. God, um, you can't come up with like a. <laughs> But like, you know, flaked corn, flaked rice, flaked Mm -hmm. oats, um, you know, those are like starting point adjuncts for beer. Those are kind of things you find in a a lager or uh, a stout, something like that. Um, An IPA, a Saison. An IPA, a Saison. Mm they absolutely can be thrown into the mash. They, you know, do convert and stuff, but they aren't mm-hmm. traditional like 
malted barley. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so yeah, flaked flaked goods I think are like something universal that people can wrap their heads around. Um, but like yeah, corn rice those are I feel like that's the like in terms of like macro beers um, mm-hmm. that those, those two names. things have been like since the dawn of time, like, okay, mm-hmm. like loggers started becoming shitty after once they got those like adjuncts, you know, shitty. I mean, I disagree. I think rice and corn and lager is really mm-hmm. good. Well, I was thinking about it like if you're building a recipe, like sometimes you do want, you know, these adjuncts, oat, rice, corn, they bring different elements to your beverage, like head retention. Um, They can add fermentable sugars without weighing down the beer. They, They do have their own specific flavors. So maybe that's something that you're looking into. But I like it when you can, like I like using a recipe software algorithm. And that's kind of how I started to begin how to learn how to use them because your gravity is kind of changes around and your ABV might stay the same. So you can kind of play around with the weight of the beer, the gravity and kind of maintain, you know, different other criteria that you're trying to. That's that's how I like to experiment with them. Yeah, I think you brought you just said a very important word like alternative and like maybe we can think of adjuncts or people could think of adjuncts as alternative sources of like sugar. Mhm. Um outside of like traditional malted barley. So like yeah, alternative I mean, that's not the only type of adjunct we'll get into, like, you know, spices, herbs and stuff like that. But as far as like stuff, you know, you could easily find at like a homebrew store. Um, You're looking at like flaked stuff. Um, I see here you wrote like candy syrup, any Mm -hmm. any alternative source of sugar, honey, um, like Belgian candy syrups, basically you know, cane sugar, brown sugar, um, I which, I mean, those are like, that's used a lot. I mean, you can't, it's hard to use that like, like exclusively. That's when you're have you ever like used search territory. Have but, you ever used brown sugar? Yeah, actually I did. I used brown sugar in a cream ale, the very first cream ale I made. And I don't know that... I don't know that it made a noticeable difference in flavor. I kind of was just like, ah, fuck it. Like, I want to try something different Mm -hmm. and not just use like white cane, you know, table sugar. Um, But yeah, I've used, I've used brown sugar before. I've used honey a bunch. I know you have. Mm -hmm. I I mean, listen to our honey app on like (laughs) (laughs) with our friend Keith on how to use honey. But like, that's a pretty popular one, I believe. Mm -hmm. A lot of people definitely. Um, I've used candy syrups when making a Belgian. That's mm-hmm. kind of the traditional route. And <clears throat> again, you notice it will keep the body light and it keeps things really carbed. They're highly fermentable. They Almost do like add 100%. color. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. And I, I think I like it. I liked the idea. You know what I did once with the candy syrup? I feel like I had two pouches of it, but I only needed one and a half. And I saved the other half to prime with. And it actually worked out kind of good. I remember that. Yeah. And that's... I did make... I did try doing that with the next one, and I don't think it turned out as good. But I don't remember <laughs> what went wrong. Because I don't take notes. (laughs) But yeah, candy syrups, all different flavors, or pardon me, colors. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like at the store, you'll see like, there is usually like like six or seven of them. And and they have different like SRM levels Mm -hmm. on there. So it's like, you know, clear to golden to amber to like completely dark. Um. So yeah, using those based on whatever color you're trying to get out of. But like Mm -hmm. any of those syrups or sugars that we're talking about are typically 100% fermentable, Mm -hmm. um, like Lori said. So it's like, 
you're really looking to like yeah boost flavor and color but like boost alcohol in an easier way than like adding you know several pounds Mm -hmm. of more grain that's why you typically see that used in like higher gravity you know belgian ales or anything that you're you know like she said trying to get like a lighter body i used it in a cream ale because i was like you know i don't know i wanted it very dry and um i guess i could have just used you know standard barley but like i I wanted to like dry out so they kind of taste weird i thought i I tasted them straight up and i thought why are they calling this it does taste like kind of like molasses kind of has a yeah (laughs) doesn't taste like a typical candy um it's possibly anecdotal i'm not a scientist i'm not a nutritionist but I do not believe agave to be very fermentable. Um, and I know it has a low glycemic index. Like I know that people, you know, use it for dietary reasons. It's really sweet. <clears throat> but isn't doesn't have as much sugar in it. So there's something to that as well. Think about it, people. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Stick to the stick to using it for tequila or <laughs> okay. I'm gonna ask a few more questions. Have you used, ever used maple syrup? Uh no. Have you? Mm-mm. I mean, I've we've used no, I've never used maple syrup for anything. I don't really like it like like when people make like pancake stouts and stuff like that. I don't really care for it like that. It tastes burnt to me. That's just I me. think I think that's something like that I would want to find like the most un not unprocessed <laughs> maple syrup you, I could find, you know. That's the other thing. It's like we'll get into like other crazier stuff, but mm-hmm. when finding alternative sources of sugar, you sh- definitely pay attention to or not, but like for your beer stability purposes, mm-hmm. you know, maybe make sure it's not like the most processed form of, you know, that you can find. Cause I mean, a lot of that processed shit will like, I don't know, it'll fuck with stuff, flavor, head retention, you don't know. Yeah. And now that I think about it, I'm pretty sure that um, it was like a breakfast stout, like a pancakes thing. I'm wondering if it was just used as a flavoring, like maybe it was a fake flavoring now that I think about it. Because if you're using maple syrup and you're just trying to use it as a fermentable, I'm I'm really curious how much of the actual like maple flavor would come through. And I feel the same way about honey. It's not always, I really feel like I can only taste kind of the nuanced floral honey flavor in really light things. Yeah. I don't think I, nothing really hoppy or with really dark um, grains that I've been able to perceive honey flavor in. I wonder if there's something to that. I mean, no, it's a delicate flavor, but. I would say with maple, because we use maple extract in a porter mm. we made recently at work and that came through really strongly and nicely. So maybe mm. try it. You know, a, a lot of these have different forms. Mm-hmm. Um you know, we can get into that, like, you know, different, um, like, you know, syrup puree, uh, you know, solid, you know, natural piece of, you know, fruit or whatever. So, like, that's another thing to consider when and adding adjuncts is, like, what form of it that you're using. Mm-hmm. Um, one might be, one might just work better than the next. You've got to try them out, you know. Extracts are going to be a little bit more potent probably won't ferment so yeah different end game um all right i think we should break this down a little bit let's talk fruits okay okay and the reason why i think we should discuss it special is because there's so many different ways that that people do it a lot of i've used a lot of fruits when i make cider and i my usually i just dump it in kind of towards the end of fermentation. But I know some people put it in in, um, in the bowl or in maybe at the end. 
What about you? Um, so I've really only had like two successful ways. Um, usually I try to find like frozen, the frozen, frozen fruit, like same, same. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, it's just easier. And I've learned that throwing fruit in frozen as like just getting it from the store, you know, maybe use like a mesh bag or something like that. So you can pull it out and just throwing it in the fermenter works beautifully. You don't have to like freeze, unfreeze, freeze, unfreeze. Like there's no real point to that. You know, uh, the one thing with that is like, obviously, you know, playing around with the amount that you're using Mm -hmm. and, um, making sure that you could at least like either separate it uh, like with a, with a bag or cold crash so that you're not like, I guess you don't have to, I've seen, I've seen fruit Mm -hmm. stick to the top of the carboy, which is kind of nice. You just stick your, uh, (laughs) Mm -hmm. I guess, siphon down through the middle, but um, it could get a little messy, but like, yeah, frozen fruit for me is, is always been uh, successful. And I, I usually add it after primary, it will kick up fermentation mm-hmm. a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. but maybe for like a day or two and that's pretty much it. I've used purees to purees. Um, puree is really good. It's like less surface area that you're, you know, so you'll probably lose less beer and also purees. I mean, mm. she's, I don't know. I, f- I feel like there's not a fruit you can't find in puree form these days. It's true. Wait, I want to go back because I was such a, a believer in the freeze, unfreeze. But you're saying if you use enough fruit, you don't really need to do that. Uh, I'm just saying it doesn't matter how much. It doesn't really just, matter. If you, buy it, if you buy it frozen, I just toss it in frozen mm. and then call it a day. I wow. think if you have, like, if say if you're getting fresh fruit from your backyard or from the store or from somebody mm-hmm. you probably should do that but maybe just freezing it once and then tossing it in frozen is enough i don't know i mean it, for those who are who aren't aren't sure the, the idea behind if you're gonna put fruit in your beer the idea behind like freezing it defrosting it freezing again defrosting it doing that i don't know if there's a magic number but what I've been told is that it breaks down the cell walls of the fruit. And so that there's a greater extraction of fruit flavor, but these guys are on trucks. They're, you know, there's little kids messing around with the freezer section at Ralph's. (laughs) So it's, it's possible that it's already been through it, you know? Yeah, I mean it's also to, there like, is kill, to that. try try and kill mm-hmm. bacteria cuz I mm-hmm. mean the alternative to that is like cooking it which I've never done before cooking it like cooking the fruit before throwing it in so you're like You did that? Did I? Oh, maybe the plantains. Uh-huh. Huh? I steamed them. I want to do that because I think there's a better flavor. Like I like cooked, cooked berries to me. There's like fresh, bright berry flavor, like a blueberry. And then there's like a cooked jammy flavor, which sometimes I feel like I'm kind of chasing that too. Yeah. Try it out. That sounds good. Yeah. If you buy it like in the can at the homebrew store, do you know what I'm talking about? Like the Oregon, is that a puree? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. I've only used organ puree so far and it's worked pretty well. So I'm thinking like- those are canned, which means they're probably cooked. Oh yeah. Any like purees, like yeah. if you buy a puree, you could just dump it right in. It shouldn't it shouldn't mm-hmm. need any extra I know that uh, treatment. Craftsman, shout out to Easy. Don't they just put in whole oranges or whole peaches? This is my understanding. I don't know. Does he? Yes. <laughs> Izzy call. Is he? Izzy's calling in right now. Hi, Izzy. Uh- <laughs> First time caller. Um, yeah, because I remember he came to like one of those uh, lady beer things at Eagle Rock, and not Izzy, but the owner, and he. 
thought he talked about how he just puts them in whole. And I was like, whoa, that's crazy. Yeah, I mean, you could, I mean, you watch or look at breweries on Instagram and like a lot of, especially a lot of like sour, um, funky beer breweries, like they for sure are just, you know, processing the fruit by hand, like that, like hundreds of pounds, putting them in barrels. Like that's kind of like the, the route I feel like it's kind of a little bit of a a romantic kind of thing, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, it really just depends on like how much work you want to put into it. What, you know, what kind of uh, space you're looking at and et cetera, et cetera. Um, so I think it's worth trying puree, whole fruit extracts careful because a mm-hmm. lot of fruit extracts just taste really fake. fake. Do not age and well. Don't age well. If you add too much, you're fucked. Like mm-hmm. it ain't and it and you just ruined a whole batch of beer. So mm-hmm. if you're gonna use an extract, add a little bit of time, you know, taste it before you add more. And then kind of go from there. But mm-hmm. that would probably be like the utmost easiest way to add fruit flavor. And typically probably in po- post uh, primary fermentation, secondary mm-hmm. or whatever. But I've never was... added like fruit in the boil or anything like that. Have you done that before? No, I I, I've put like flowers. I put jasmine flowers in the boil, but never. Ooh. Let's talk about was... that. Flowers. <laughs> well, I love cool. jasmine. I love jasmine. I made a, a jasmine. I got this like food grade jasmine flavoring from like a baking company and I made a sizer with it. It was amazing. It aged well. It tasted like the most beautiful jasmine tea, but it obviously didn't have tea in it. And um, it was really expensive and I just couldn't really bring myself to purchase it again. I I made it for um a little beer fest and it was just so wonderful. But I do think about it. Um so I was like, shit, I'm gonna get and I I wanted to kind of stay away from using like something processed like that. So I found food safe jasmine because jasmine tea is green tea that's been flavored with jasmine and I didn't want to put tea and I'm also really weird with caffeine so Anyway, I bought this food safe jasmine. It was like two ounces and it was a, it was a lot. Um, probably felt like maybe four or five cups cause they're so light, but yeah, I put them in the boil, these little buds, little pretty buds. It was nice. How did it come? Like when, at what point in the boil did you add them? At the end I did it. Like, I think after I cut the heat, I added a bunch of honey. I added, Actually, a lie. I think maybe like the last five minutes because I kind of remember them rolling around a little bit um, with the boil. <laughs> but I added everything, the the jasmine, honey, and I think you just had that the other day, honey jasmine. Yeah, it was so good. I, just, I wish more came through. I'll have to figure out how to increase that jasmine flavor proof. More on that. Yeah, I mean, that's another, it's like, fruits uh i'm sorry uh not fruit uh like herbs and stuff which Mm -hmm. i see a ton of cool breweries doing um stuff like that where they're like foraging for like certain um flowers and like spices and stuff like that i mean obviously you don't have to forage you could just fucking go to the store or whatever um but i think i haven't done much in in uh, terms of like um like botanicals uh but (laughs) i would love to try i I really want to try some like yeah like some botanicals some herbs stuff like that like yeah i'm trying to think what i would i want to try i don't know i have a, a ton of rosemary in my yard but it's such an overpowering flavor i wouldn't know I would love to try more groots. Is that how you say it? A groot? Uh, gruit? Yeah, gruit. Gruit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And those are 
basically beers that don't use hops for their uh, bittering or whatever. It's all like herbs and stuff, herbs and spices. Mm-hmm. Very ancient form of alcohol. <laughs> Have you ever used any other spices? Cinnamon, pepper. Uh, I've used use a little Belgian brewer over there. Come on. I know. I I don't know. I don't get too crazy, but I mean, definitely in our in our beer, we used you know, in our gosa, we use coriander and salts. Mm-hmm. That's you know, kind of a I how don't know, much salt? Ooh, I don't remember. Not a ton. Oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> it, in the one that we won. You know, award award winning Gosa. Let me mm. see. We only use this is like a five gallon batch. We used half half a uh half an ounce. Mm-hmm. So not too much. And it gave you know, obviously depends on what kind of salt you use. We used like a nice fancy one from San Francisco. Really nice salt flavor. But be careful with salt because yeah, you, as soon as you add a touch too much, it's like <laughs> mm, Margie, time. You're like, Ooh, my my mouth is watering a little bit. <laughs> uh, I think my favorite adjunct I've ever used is coffee. Like, mm. I figured out how to use it. I basically, um, I use. I usually use. I typically use ground coffee, but that's only really because I've I've only really used it in darker beers. Mm-hmm. But ground coffee is like a dry hop after primary fermentation a couple days. Perfect, you know. Uh, recommend using like whole bean coffee if you don't want to like uh, add a add a lot of color to your beer. But oh. yeah, coffee's coffee's fun. First of all, we need a better word. Not dry hop because every we all use that word when we even talk about putting something in, like <laughs> dry late during fermentation. Yeah. It dry hop just rolls off the the tongue. I yeah, I don't know. I just I think when I say that, if you brew, you understand what I yeah. mean. So I just say Obviously. that. But I know I know what you mean. Like yeah, there needs to be a better better word for it it's all these innovations are happening too fast that people can't keep up (laughs) but yeah you know put in a mash bag and drop it in the fermenter after primary you know that's how it goes they're saying the cold extraction is a little bit better right do you know anyone puts it in when it's warm I was going to say, I don't like to say better uh-huh. just because, mm. mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't know. I've never, no, I've never added coffee to the to hot side. Like, I would assume it's going to be more bitter. Just like if you, you know, make a hot pot of coffee mm-hmm. versus cold brew. Mm-hmm. Like the, when I steep it after in like the cold side, it's definitely smoother yeah it definitely tastes smooth like i said i have never done it like hot side so i can't yeah. i don't have anything to cooled like coffee nice is smooth. disgusting by the way cold brew <laughs> it's true <laughs> you mean like like coffee that's was hot and then like over time mm. got cold mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. you lost it in the classroom <laughs> and you don't know where you you put it that cold <laughs> A pot of coffee that's been sitting in the office for like Ooh. since like eight a.m. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, I would say favorite adjuncts: coffee, fruit. Mm-hmm. If you we, we use mango, I've used strawberries in a beer that was really fun. Um, I've used blackberries. Uh, I d- I've done coconut. I can talk about that. Yes. (laughs) So I and I did research prior too because I was like coconut. Mm -hmm. Like how the fuck? I don't even like coconut. Number one, but 
Hmm. I was like, I think it'll be a fun like addition. And what I learned was that if you're going to add, uh, like go to the store and get coconut like shavings, you want to get unsweetened coconut mm. shavings. Do not get the sweetened. Sweetened is like the normal, like that's pretty much almost exclusively what you'll see. Yeah. But if you, like if you go to Ralph's, yeah, get unsweetened. Um, and then what I did was I put them in the oven. I roasted them until they were like kind of like tan. And then honestly, I was like, whatever fucking bacteria, whatever on there is dead. So I just do it. <laughs> I just do it straight into the fermenter after primary like that. Just no bag, nothing. Okay, so we have to talk about it. The is that the, the fat content of the coconut affect your beer at all did you see anything on the surface no so i think what the uh, that's why i I, that's why i believe people are like get unsweetened because there's Mm. less like you know extra i guess oils and stuff but also when you roast it you're pushing some of those oils out of the the coconut if Mm. i remember correctly but um I believe that that's why it was recommended to to go that route. But no, I know it didn't. It wasn't oily at all. Um, and I added. Let me see if I could find it. Uh, it was a it was a toasted coconut and plantain porter. <laughs> That was a dope. That was a dope ass beer. Like that, was, that shit was so good. Very good. And you only gave me one little bottle, and we just drank it. And I don't even. Wait, did I? Did I give you? you like, I don't know if brought it. To no, my what? House. No, I brought. I brought a. I brought a growler of it. I thought. Yeah, we all drank it. I didn't get to have like my own. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> Mine. I can't find it. <laughs> I think I added like half a pound or something to five gallons. Um, I do want to go back to fruit because I feel like we should talk. I know we have a lot of, I love that we have mostly beginner brewers that listen, which I think this is a great place to start. Um, fruits, be careful leaving them for too long in the fermenter. Mm. Mm-hmm. What's too long? That's a great question, Tyler. I'm glad you asked. I think if you <laughs> if you don't have temperature control, you need to be very careful. I think like So here's the reason I here's the reason I asked that because they're it's the same with those crazy funky breweries. Like they sometimes mm-hmm. they leave their shit on fruit for like years, which mm-hmm. blows my mind. Mm. But maybe it's the specific kind of beer that can like withstand that shit. But like, yeah, I'm mm-hmm. like, this been this has been conditioned on, you know, raspberries for a year. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, what that's the a heck? Long ass time. Maybe because the pH of the beer. Yeah. Um, also maybe the sense. temperature. Also, maybe it wasn't whole raspberries. Maybe this it was deseeded. Yeah. No, I don't know. Okay, you told me once, and we need to discuss it again. You told me, and I think this comes this comes via um, homie Ralph. Pistachio, how to extract a nut flavor. Um, don't use pistachios by pistachio extract. <laughs> oh. I mean, I, all that's just... I, the only reason I'm saying that is because I went through the process of trying to get the oil out of the pistachios. And this is like kind of general with nuts. It's mm-hmm. like, there's a lot of oil in, in nuts, peanuts, mm-hmm. cashews, pistachios, macadamia nuts, and adding those oils to your beer is potentially head retention killing. So my friend slash ex coworker, like told me about this whole process that he did where I think he like boiled, boiled it, um, uh, separated the, the water like, from the nuts. He froze, froze it, right? that oil, froze that water 
scraped, you know, the oil separated, scraped the oil off the top, and then mm-hmm. whatever was left, he put in to his beer. And I'm like, okay, let me try this. It was a lot. It was a lot. And I think the pistachio flavor didn't really, I mean, it was there, but it didn't come across a lot. So I ended up, I was like, I'm just going to fucking buy some extract for uh- this. <laughs> <laughs> i'm not saying that people shouldn't try it but i think for me i was like eh, i don't know if it's worth all the hassle mm-hmm. and like i know we were kind of talking down on extracts earlier but i think there are some things that are probably worth just going with the extra like fruit wise like i don't know but maybe a pistachio or like well i mean an know, extract's just like it's made from that item. Yeah. Unless it's, you know, tells you that it's fake or whatever. But it's essentially like a tincture of what it is. I don't think it's the worst thing to use. But a lot of those baking extracts are uh, engineered and not not truly from the stores. I've packaged with, like, almond extract. Amazing. Um <clears throat> Yeah. I think like vanilla extract would be interesting. I mean, vanilla beans, like a lot of people add, like they'll get the Madagascar, like mm-hmm. vanilla beans. And we've done that at where you just basically like, you know, either slice it or food process it and like throw mm-hmm. it in. And they really give a lot of vanilla flavor. I was actually like shocked the first couple times I had a beer after using that but like those those things are expensive oh yeah you can only buy like a couple i do like that i've packaged with just vanilla extract um okay it's dissipated and i used it with other stuff it just it made it was like it was a blueberry it was it was a cider it had blueberries it was dry hopped I just couldn't help myself and I added vanilla and it kind of just <laughs> tasted like a bakery item. That sounds kind of good. It wasn't bad. <laughs> it was pretty, it's, it's pretty popular. <laughs> I used to do so many stupid things and Why I just feel stupid? like, stupid. well, and then once you start reading it that you shouldn't do them, you're like, oh yeah. But I I think that's the cool thing about homebrewing is like you can get away with these, you know, quote unquote stupid Mm -hmm. things. um, I don't know. You've definitely adjuncted way more things than I have. Like I've I feel like I've just barely touched the surface. Have you ever made a tincture? I haven't. Can you explain (laughs) what a tincture is okay if you are ready to get adjunct crazy (laughs) Uh, so basically tincture is just kind of making your own extract in a way um you start with um high proof alcohol and you soak what it is you're trying to get the flavor of and it's kind of a way to to do that but since you're using like vodka you are theoretically killing some stuff and sometimes like these spices you know you don't want to like sanitize them because that would probably affect the flavor but you you really should so anyway you can make your own tinctures I think it's something a lot of people do um let's see I've made oh I made a habanero tincture I used tequila that was cool. It was really spicy and it worked really well. Highly recommend. <laughs> um, I made a little tincture with like, um, what's the star, uh, star anise? Star anise? Star anise? Star yes. anise. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, you know what? Anises do look like stars. Anyway, star <laughs> anise, coriander, and cinnamon. And I used that in kind of a holiday-ish cider, and it tasted like a fruitcake. It was delish. Mm. Yeah, those are the only two I've done. Um, I have, speaking of nuts, 
I love nuts. I have tried the peanut butter powder. Okay. How was that? It was a shit show. (laughs) I don't recommend. I was going to make, because I made cider, so duh, peanut butter apple. It's a no-brainer, right? Peanut butter stouts are good. Okay, so I got the dried peanut butter. I put it in with the cider. And then I, you know, racked it and packaged it and they were the biggest bottle bombs they would not stop and it they you could smell the peanut butter from like a mile away in <laughs> fact this was like I think like the first time I met um god what's that fool's name our mailman friend Victor he Aww. tried the cider and he got it all over his little mailman outfit and he was oh just god. like it still smells like peanuts <laughs> Okay, so to our listeners, if Mm -hmm. all of our stories aren't, you know, helping to encourage you to, Mm -hmm. like, try whatever, like, like, obviously, it's just, like, fun, you know, and, and, and we've tried so many things. It's, it's a fun thing to experiment with. I think people need to go back to this. Yeah. And so, like... So in at like the beginning of the episode, I kept saying, in this day and age, because it's like you see home brewers and professional brewers getting like real crazy, like not taking natural things and adding them to beer, but taking like cereal and wedding cakes and brownies and fucking hot Cheetos. <laughs> so you know, like it's gotten a little wild and like, fine, you know, that's the fun thing about beer as an art form is like, you can play with that. And Hey, if it tastes like shit, it tastes like shit. At least you got a picture of it. And (laughs) you also don't don't have to tell anyone about it. If it tastes like shit, it can be your own little secret. And I just would like to say, I feel like we need to bring the joy back to homebrewing because a lot of the homebrewers that I associate with, I feel like in the last year or so, everyone's just been like, I'm just going to really nail this Hellas lager. Keep it simple. Just make a really clean West Coast IP. I just want to make a really Are you talking simple, about me? <laughs> good pale ale. I just want to make a... I just want to make a Mexican lager. Nothing. I mean, that has the chunks in it, but I haven't heard any good stories of experimenting recently, people, and we can't let the breweries have all the fun. So if you have True. not done anything stupid yet with at the home brewery, we are challenging you to do yeah. so. And like, you know, I think we've obviously just kind of gone down like our own experiences with all mm-hmm. of these different forms of adjuncts and you know the thing is is like we don't have hard and fast rules on what to add how to add it you know I think the only real piece of knowledge we can pass along is like just make sure it won't infect your beer and like you know you could do it by making the tincture you could do it by throwing in the boil you could do it by you know, freezing it or steaming it, but just, I think that's the main thing is making Mm -hmm. sure it won't infect your beer. So taking the necessary precautions to prevent that. And then after that, you know, it's kind of up to you how much to add, you know, do you want your beer to be a, a, a coffee bomb? Add a shit ton of coffee. If you want it to be subtle, which I, I'm a huge fan of like, subtle mm-hmm. like back background notes and like certain things obviously mm-hmm. so usually for me my personal preference is like start small and then if I don't really taste it the next round I'll add a little bit more um but all that to say if you want to fucking go hard or go home your first try like why not you know also don't be afraid of that one gallon R&D batch yeah it's like 
honestly, guys, it's the same boil time. However, it takes less time to get to a boil. It takes less time to cool. It's easier to handle. It takes less energy to keep cool. And you don't waste beer if you fuck it up with your peanut butter powder. <laughs> I think what's you know what important. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say like, if you have something you want to add to beer, there's just obviously lots of different ways to do it. Is it on the hot side? Is it in the cold side? Are you putting it at packaging? Um, are you slicing it, dicing it, tincturizing it, freezing it? You know, there's lots of different ways to do it. And then obviously once it's in the beer, how are you handling the beer? Is it going to stay on the raspberries for a whole entire year? Or <laughs> is it going to taste like rotten butthole if you leave it for too long? So test your beer. I actually did yeah. a peach cider and, it, and I, it, it's been so cold and I got so busy I was so happy when I like tasted it. I was like, oh, thank God, because I really was half expecting um, rotten something, but it didn't. It turned out pretty nice, actually. That's cool. I always hear stone fruits are like, you have to add a lot to like really impart that flavor. Hmm. Is that your experience? I haven't you I haven't used like peach apricot plum. I haven't used any of those at a beer yet. Well, unlike you, Tyler, I do not shy away from the flavor. So I've kind of gone big. Now, one thing that these shysty little business people have been doing is they've reduced the volume in these packagings. I feel like when I first started homebrewing, if you went to go get a bag of frozen fruit, it would be 16 ounces. And then it was 12 ounces. And now these suckers are like 10 ounces. I know. So that's definitely changed things. And thank God we're doing, I'm doing things on a homebrew level. So like, yeah, I'll drop, you know, 20 bucks on like six pounds of raspberries because a real strong raspberry flavor is so freaking good. Why not? Yeah. And I, I don't, I hate it when you go through the effort of doing that and it doesn't come through. So I'm not afraid to go hard, <clears throat> but I think when it does come to fruit, um, yeah, you about probably at least 10 ounces or 12, 12 ounces per gallon. Yeah. And like, Hey, if you know, if it if that if money is a thing and like it doesn't make sense for mm -hmm. you or um you know getting five pounds of fucking peaches is gonna suck up half your beer purees you know you could find some pretty good purees mm -hmm. and it's usually cheaper and they're more concentrated in the flavor so yeah just be careful oh, yeah when buying it the from. suck up. Let me see. I did notice it sucked up about a quarter of a gallon. Mm -hmm. um, and I think I use like four and a half pounds of peaches. But I did sit and eat a couple peaches after. That was delightful. Okay. That sounds good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> spent, spent peaches. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, people like write to us or hit us up and, or send us pictures or send us bottles better yet, maybe of some mm. super experimental adjunct beers. Like, I don't know, I, I, working and when I used to work at the homebrew store, that was like one of the main questions, like how much of this do I add? When do I add it? And there's so many different possibilities you just kind of have to like go for it always taste what you're putting in your beer before you do that I would say mm -hmm. probably a good idea <laughs> so that you can maybe at least make a, an educated guess on how much to add but you know it's 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 just you know kind of trial and error um but obviously there's you know, people online trying this shit out and you could probably, you know, like that's what me and Lori do. I, I mean, that's what I've done is mm -hmm. before I add something, I'm like, okay, has anyone done this yet? And some people have some, some good suggestions and good, you know, results mm -hmm. and stuff. So 
good place to start maybe sometimes. Yeah. Or just I always ask three people. <laughs> and then I end up doing what I wanted to do in the first place. <laughs> I know, but it's good to get, it's good to like have yeah. an idea of what people are, you know. I like hearing people's like anecdotal evidence of what they got and what they used and how it went down. And I also like hearing people's theories and I like, you know, you'll never know. You can't go back in time and take the bottle to the lab and figure out everything that went down. Um but you can try the same recipe again or tweak it and go from there. What's the craziest adjunct you ever use? And what's the next one you would like to use? And then we'll close out. <laughs> okay. I will say the craziest, the stupidest one was probably the peanut butter powder. Okay. Um, I won't do that again. And what I would like to use, I'm still kind of chasing a very... I'm chasing that jasmine. I'm still chasing that jasmine dragon, I think. Okay. How about you? Yeah. How about you? Uh, the craziest one I did was the Twinkie cereal. Also mm. never do that again. <laughs> I, why do you say that? <laughs> because it was good, dude. It was, it was good. Tyler. I don't know. I put it in the mash. A lot of people do that too. They'll put like cereal in the mash. They'll put cupcakes in the mash and it's just like, ugh. but um, que- it's questionable how much flavor like co- comes through the, like transfers from the mash into the boil to the fermenter. But again, something to experiment with. Um, but I think what I would like to do is play around with like, tea Mm. i don't know like i know this sounds kind of weird but there's a tea that i used to drink as a kid when i was like i want to be british it's called constant Mm. comet Mm. isn't it good i think Mm -hmm. i love that i haven't had a a constant comet in a minute Fucking forever. Mm-hmm. So maybe that or like chamomile tea or like Earl Grey tea. Like I, I see Ooh, a lot of yeah. breweries playing around with Earl Grey tea. So maybe like yes. tea. Yeah. Earl Grey really is just black tea with either lavender or if it's if it's if it's a company worth its shit, it's got bergamot Ooh. in it. Cardamom. No, I'm just kidding. It's, and also extra cardamom. um wow so put the stuff in the beer and enjoy and don't be afraid of the junks and don't be afraid of breaking the reinhawkska boat i'll always say that wrong i love breaking the rules and being a rebel Mm -hmm. i'm a bad girl Mm -hmm. (laughs) so if you want to be a powder if you want to... <laughs> okay, peanut butter powder. If you want to be a bad girl like us and break the rules, you put some weird shit in your beer and you get back to us. Better yet, send us a bottle. Okay, we would love to drink it and have you on the pod. It'd be awesome. That'd be really cool. If Tyler lets you, we'll see. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, um, thank you guys for listening. And uh, again, for your patience. And yeah, hopefully we'll have a great episode in the next couple of weeks. And you guys have a good one. We love you. You know, check in with us every now and then. We love hearing from you. Hit us up on Instagram at Brewed Up Podcast. And yeah, that's about it. We'll see you next episode. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening and we hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Brewed Up Podcast and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. 
Want more Brewed Up? Check out our Patreon page. For a few bucks a month, patrons have access to video recordings of our episodes, exclusive recipes, and all sorts of bonus content. Brewed Up is pleased to have the support of the American Homebrewers Association. Consider joining and get access to hundreds of solid homebrew recipes, techniques, community, and of course, random pictures of us brewing. The Brewed Up music is produced by LA legend producer Elusive. <laughs>